the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to our second hour. It's a delight to have our good friend Sam Stone in studio. He is a uh, political consultant. He's a radio show host in his own right. Uh, every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., he hosts Breaking Battlegrounds, and he's in studio. We want to take calls with you, 602 We're going to be talking about the debates, of course, and uh, your impressions. If, uh, any, uh, if last hour was any indication, you have a lot to say and a lot to think on those think about on the, uh, with regard to the debates last night. Love to hear your perspectives. I want to get Sam's. But before we get into all that, because I know if we start there, we'll never egress. Let's do a... No, we're going to stay on that once we get there. Once we get there, we're going to stay on. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. Always a pleasure. You had a lot of uh, anfractious obstacles on your way here, but neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor herald shall keep you. So we're glad to have you. I, I'm better than the post office that you, way. Yeah, that's right. I mean that that's that really isn't office. true anymore. I know it's I not. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> Sunshine will stop. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, a bad bad day on the carrier route. Yeah. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> One little labradoodle, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but we'll get to the politics in a moment. We like to sometimes do a little bit of a culinary uh, update with you, a culinary uh, interview with you, because you're 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 kind of like me, a food person. We like our food. We like good food. And like to tell people we've covered a lot of categories. We've done Italian. We've done burgers. We've done Mexican. I'm sure we've done. We haven't we done Greek. French. We've done Greek. We haven't done French. We'll get to French today. Let's do. Tribute to last night's debate. Let's do Indian. Okay. Where do you I, I, like to go for Indian? Well, food? see, here's the problem, Seth. My view is generally like Indian is always good. Yeah. I mean, I can pretty much eat Indian. Yeah. If you were just like, "Hey, Sam, we're going to Indian tonight and tomorrow night and the night afterwards," I'd be like, "Okay, Seth, I'm I'm down." You like that labradoodle? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, going on a walk. Yeah. I happen to live, and I'm not going to name names. I happen to live next to the only Indian restaurant I've ever been to that was awful. Oh. It's it's like the only restaurant that's within walking distance of my house, and it's terrible. Oh. <laughs> I feel so bad. Yeah, I mean, it's they like, just didn't get it, huh? Yeah, no, no, they they don't. I I think they're more interested. They appear to be running uh, some sort of national trucking business. Okay. And that's kind of uh, yeah. Well, because the, they use the little road behind my house to park all their trucks, oh, no. kind of half illegally, oh, no. <laughs> um, and the truck drivers are always standing out in front of the restaurant. Oh, so I, no. I think, I think it's more. They couldn't get a trucking license, so they got a wine yeah, and be- right. food and beverage license. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, uh, but but on a good note, um, and I was just looking. I actually think maybe I thought they had had one in Scottsdale it closed, but maybe I'm not remembering right because uh, it's in Glendale, but Saffron Indian uh-huh. Bistro. I really like i've heard of it and i've not been i need to go it, it's very very good okay um i i tend to like very traditional indian dishes um so if you if you want to put anything in a tandoori oven yeah i'm gonna want to eat it yeah um and and so yeah i just love that good. um anything in that vein i am all of, i'm all about my favorite there's a bunch of as you say it's hard to find a bad one there's a bunch of really good ones my work 
My working favorite is on Cactus and Tate, a Marigold Maison. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's casual. Oh, yeah. It's casual, but it eats beautifully, as they say. There's actually so a lunchtime buffet that's actually right down the street here from from the studio. Oh, really? uh, On 24th Street. It's actually very good. I can't do lunches. You know why I can't do lunches? I tried to do lunches. Did you overeat and then you're asleep? Uh, Issue one. Issue two is I spill. I'm a spiller. Uh, Okay. And I don't know if you've been to our restroom here lately. They've yes. added a whole bunch no, of they new have. bric-a-brac and yeah. accoutrements. Yeah. Some are totally useless, um, like hair braids. I don't know why we have hair braids in there. Well, I mean, there are a lot of men with long hair. There aren't. Days. There aren't. Not not here. Not in the building here. I haven't seen a whole lot of you them. You know what would be helpful there, though? What would be more helpful? Take out the hair braids and put in a, a little spot stain removers. So I am a big fan. I keep a nice collection of the Tide pens yeah, yeah. Uh, in my car, at my office. Yes. You see the football? Yep, you see the football that I, I carry around? I see. Uh-huh. Yes. It's a walking CVS. Okay. <laughs> I See, look, I'm for this. I, I'm absolutely for this. In fact, one of the things I don't like, it's like the only thing I don't like about living in Arizona is that I have to take my rolling pharmacy out of my car during the summer. <laughs> I know. Because otherwise you just yeah. – Otherwise you're risking you, get, death. you get bag balm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but but yeah no so I'm I'm a huge fan of the Tide pen it yep. would be a smooth that would be a much better that idea. actually in like every men's room that yep. has one of those kind of collections yeah. the Tide pen should be number one absolutely I once worked with a congressional candidate right this yeah. guy who'd been in military and yep. you know how some of those guys are this guy could go campaign for twelve hours in a white shirt yeah. and come back at the end of the day and the collars are pristine the cuffs no pristine like there's not a there speck are people of dirt like that. on him yeah. anywhere it's like those Saudi sheiks yeah. right yeah there are like, people like that I've always wondered how do you do that without changing the robe seventeen times I a think day? it's I think it's 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 congenital you're either born with it or you're not I'm not that guy either I'm so not that I'm, guy I'm with you I hate them. Um, you see them get off a plane cross country right they look like they could be the Hathaway man or on the cover of right. GQ yeah, 20 no. years ago before it went weird. That, that yeah. person deserves a painful death. I know. I, know. I mean, you know, oh. I, just out of jealousy, yeah. to be honest. I mean, you know, but I, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about last night. It's a good debate. It was a good debate. Yeah. Uh, for the, I was saying earlier, for those that say, you know, clown show or other things show, I don't agree. Um, I, I don't think it was. First of all, you have to be a little bit. Respectful of how hard those things are to begin with. It's mm-hmm. hard enough to talk with someone you agree with. Now talk to an audience. Now make that audience twenty plus million people, and now be doing it with an antagonistic media and antagonisms on the stage with you. Uh, you and, know, and a, a lot of credit goes out to and a to big those crowd guys. on the stage and a big crowd live in, in a one on one. It's a lot easier with booze and cheers. Yeah, um, I think it showed some interesting difference differences. I think there were winners and losers. But I'm talking. I'm filibustering. You talk. No, I agree 100. percent I think there were winners and losers. I think um, one of the things I actually liked was the differences, mm-hmm. um, because you don't get that from Democrat policy discussions or debates anymore. I mean, they're really they're in this desperate race to be in lockstep. Yeah, they're all with, in fierce agreement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so I really liked that you did have a range of stuff up there. Um, in terms of the winners and losers, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, look, I, I think Pence and Hutchinson lost badly. Okay. Um, I, just because I don't think either of them made a case outside of a guy like DeSantis okay. or outside of a Nikki Haley or even outside of a Chris Christie 
who who tend to run more into their lane. I don't think either of them made a case for why they're they're different and then should should be the bump, should be the, you know, eventual nominee, whatever it is. Um, I thought Haley was a winner from last night, even though I disagree with her quite a bit. I, I said the exact same thing. Agree or disagree, she she gave herself a lifeline last yeah, night. Yeah, I, I thought she gave herself a lifeline. I thought Chris Christie gave himself a lifeline. I think so, too. Um, despite some of the, the reaction of the crowd and this and that and the other, there, you know, there are going to be people outside that room who saw his performance, who are looking for the candidate who can – take on Donald Trump, who can be tough enough to do that. I think he ran there. I, all of this, I should caveat all of this in that I still agree with what we said last week, that Trump was smart not to he be had there. had no business being there, and he had didn't no, need to be there. Had yep. no business right. being there, didn't need right. to be there. And he was one of the winners of yep. the night. He was, he was, people texted me, order of who won, and yeah. like three of them put Trump at the top. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure I'm willing to put him at the top because I'm a big I, you know, look, I love the debate. Yeah, you're, yeah, I love you're the, the romantic. Action. Yeah, sure. Um, but he was clearly a winner from last night, without any kind of a doubt. Um, DeSantis, I thought, started very slow but picked up as the night went along. I think he understood as the night went along he had to be a little more combative. He had to be a little bit more assertive. And I think he started to do that. But I wouldn't put him in either the winner or the loser's brackets necessarily. I want to come back to that. Okay. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy was really the most interesting case on stage. He was the winner because everyone was talking about one guy today and it was him, like him or hate him. Well, he and, was the talked about candidate. And last night too. Yeah. They were all targeting their fire on him. And he was the one that was in the scraps with yep. everybody. Yep. And look, I, I can disagree and I do with some of the things he said. And I, I agree with some of the folks, some of the comments that he says some things from time to time that betray his lack of insider experience and knowledge. But where I disagree with those folks who are attacking him from that is that I do not think insider experience, knowledge, and the insider, you know, sort of party line track is what the average Republican voter is looking for right now. Yeah, that's a good setting of the table. Um, There's... One other person I thought might have been a loser last night. We're going to break, so I'll just give it to you to chew on uh, when we come right back. Unfortunately, because I want to like him, I thought I thought Senator Scott was a loser last night. He was. And, uh, and let's, I, I, let, I, let's pick it up yeah. on the other side. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Room for more. You and Eddie Money Man, Sam Stone. Sam Stone is my guest. He is a political consultant here in town, host of his own show on Saturdays here every 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds, talking about the debate last night. Happy to take your calls as well, 602-508-0960. I wanted to say one thing about Chris Christie, uh, Sam, and I know he's not beloved, but he is a hell of a debater, and I'll tell you how good. You and I kind of study rhetoric, and it's kind of somehow in various ways the businesses we're in. Let me tell you how good he was. He was so good that when he dropped that line on Vivek Ramaswamy about the skinny guy with the last name, yes. it yep. was Barack Obama, and we're not 
we're not at a place where we can stand that kind of amateur. Yeah. Ramaswamy had a better comeback. He did have a better comeback. And it got totally sw- and Chris Christie and it got swept totally away. swallowed it yeah. up. So much so that I was telling people about it tomorrow, this morning, and they said, what was his comeback? And when I told them, they said, that was a great comeback. But Chris Christie knew how to handle it, and he and totally swallowed it up. The comeback was, well, then are you going to come and give me a hug like you gave Barack Obama and helped him get reelected? Right. Great, smart, quick comeback, and Christie knew how to deflect it. Now, it, look, uh, Chris Christie, I was impressed with his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And I, I went back and looked at tweets that I did back in the, the previous presidential debate when he was running, and there was a, a point where he got into it with Rand Paul. Yeah. And I am a big Rand Paul fan. I, I never thought he was going to end up becoming the nominee, yeah. but I think he's actually one of the best members of the U.S. Senate right now. I think he's really matured into I think, yeah, in a Senate of forty nine Republicans. I can only probably name three or four I really like, and he's in that group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he's a good debater too. Mm-hmm. But I remember commenting at that time. Rand is making a big mistake getting yep. into it with Chris Christie. The New Jersey brawler does not have a glass chin. No, he doesn't. That's he, that he, guy. He knows will take how, your head off. He knows how to get in the ring and he knows how to fight. Remember and, how he took on all those teachers unions? Oh, yeah. Those are tough SOBs. Yeah, no, look, yeah. I I think we forget because he's had some missteps. Missteps and, and, mis- and bad judgments. And bad judgments, bumbling moments. Yep. Um, that this is a very talented politician underneath when he's on his game. And and I thought he did very well last night. Um, I thought Tim Scott was a loser because I want to like him. I want to see him succeed. I want him to be someone's number two, I think. And uh, he he just he didn't deliver last night. He seemed like he was like uh, asleep. Polite, but not the night part. I think this is at its core. And and not that you can't grow from this. And I think Tim Scott has a lot to offer the country. Um, but I felt like his debate performance in many ways mirrored his performance in the U.S. Senate. Interesting. Where he has a yeah. potentially very strong presence and people want to see real leadership from him. Yeah. But he doesn't really step up to that plate. Yeah. At least he hasn't to this point. That's interesting enough. And because it, when you look at it, I can't. It's not a big footprint in the Senate. No, I, I can't look at him and say, hey, this guy has been champion. He's not in our three or four. Right. right. He's, he's not in mine. Right. Yeah. Um, his biography may be better than he is. His biography is fantastic. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's necessarily better than he is. Sometimes, you know, re- local retail politics yeah. will elevate somebody who isn't going to be great on a national stage. Okay. You know, they're not a national debate stage type person. They're maybe not that great in a U.S. Senate type thing where where you have to be able to assert yourself in a very tricky environment um, where it's someone who's great at building relationships but isn't necessarily great at delivering. Mm -hmm. And right now I think that's his weakness, and I think we saw that. Well, let's – Circle back then to where that naturally takes me, where you do better locally than you do nationally, and that's the enigma that is Ron DeSantis. My analysis of Ron DeSantis last night was he did fine, but not good enough. Fine is not good enough. And uh, if he is the um, if he is the presumptive number two, it's hard to say that today. I, I think realistically, if 
to to be honest now, and and this is tough for me because I really do love Ron DeSantis I and too. I love what he did. I do too. And I gotta say, on a separate note. The Trump people that are bashing Ron DeSantis over COVID need to stop. Uh, that's absolutely right, too. Because unless your name they is Christy Nome, right. no you, one ne- did you need to right. zip it and sit. Yep. Um, he could have taught you. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so stop with yeah. that, okay? Sit this one out. But I agree 100%. I don't think he hurt himself. I don't think he helped himself. I think he treaded water through that debate last night. Like I said, I, I thought he picked it up as the night went on. He started trying to be a little more assertive. But one of my fundamental problems with Ron DeSantis throughout this campaign has been in every issue, when you hear him answer a question or is talking about an issue, he starts immediately talking about what he's done in Florida. Okay. He does not lead with what he will do. Okay. And that is a huge mistake. He needs to be leading with, I will do this. And then if you want to make an analogy and pair it back to Florida and say, just like we did in Florida when we did this, I think that's good. But I think what's missing from his campaign right now is unless you're a Florida resident, it's like, you know, so what? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think if he weren't the governor of Florida, which just by itself, by dint of being governor of Florida, you're a big person, a big lead, you have a big role in national leadership. If he weren't. He would have been on the sides of that debate last night. Right. Um, There were two other things, and maybe I'm watching it too closely. Maybe you and I watch these things too closely. I don't know. But there were two other things that I thought were um, swings and misses from him because he has a brand, and his brand is uh, not leaving anyone in doubt as to where he stands. His brand is pitching hard balls and swinging hard balls. I I would agree and add competency. And competency will come to that in a moment. On the on the on the he doesn't equivocate. And on two big issues and direct questions last night he did. Abortion in Ukraine. Yep. You could not wake up and tell me where he stood on these issues and he was asked directly on them and he whiffed those. He did. He did absolutely. It's not who he is. It, the Ukraine thing's interesting that you bring that up. Um because it it highlights a major difference yep. between some of these candidates. Yep. But it also highlights, I mean, look, if you look at polling, mm-hmm. the Republican Party as a whole totally opposed to continuing to fund and involve ourselves in the Ukraine war. There's a lot of indications on the ground that that is going south at a at a terrifying rate, that, that Russia will win and, and potentially sooner than we all think. Um, it's something where they the historical core of the Republican of Republican leadership is way out of line with the base. And I I can admire someone like a, a Nikki Haley who will stand their ground on their issue, Chris Christie, whatever. I, I get it. I disagree with them in in a significant degree, but I get it and they can articulate it clearly. And DeSantis needed to just pick a side. Yeah, and he, let's pick up on that when we come back because th- again, but that was his brand. His brand was he was to education and transgender and racial nonsense. What Chris Christie was to teachers' unions in New Jersey. I think he considers where his donors are much Maybe. more than a Donald Trump or a Vivek Ramaswamy does. Maybe yeah. Let's pick up on that when we come back. Sam Stone and I will be right back. You're welcome to join at six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. There's a little New Jersey music for you. Sam Stone is my guest. He is the political consultant, host of his uh, own show, heard here on Saturdays at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds. We'll go to calls in just a moment. Uh, wanted to flesh out any last thoughts. Uh, 
I don't know if there was anything we left uncovered. I guess the one thing I would say with all my um, concerns, of which I have many, over Vivek Ramaswamy, I will give him um, two pieces of credit from last night. And more than that, I mean, he does say some things very well and does do some things very, very well that I couldn't agree with more. He had the strongest of all the closings. And, you know, there's an old line of Trumps from many, many years ago. It doesn't matter how they spell your name as long as they're writing and talking about you. And today he was the guy they were talking about. He is the guy everyone was talking about. He was the guy who was taking all the fire last night. Um, That clearly, to me, made him the the big winner of the night. But also, I actually give him – and this is actually coming – I mean, understand, folks, this is coming from a policy guy. And I – I've almost never worked with a candidate or or somebody. It was one of the nice things about working with Sal DeCicio is that I was working with a policy mind like my own, someone who was on that level. Um, Because mostly I'm used to working with candidates. Let's be honest. I don't expect them to have the level of knowledge of policy of a policy wonk. That's why people like me exist. That's why you keep us in the barn and and bring us out when you need (laughs) us to pull the the wagon. Ramaswamy clearly learns very quickly. One of the criticisms I heard a lot last night about him after the thing was, hey, this guy is he's all over the place. He's he's adjusting his positions. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. You know yeah. Why punish that? He's a right. political novice right. and he's learning as he goes and he's being educated by the people around him and by the people he's talking to on on the campaign trail and he's adapting and that's a good thing. Let's stop. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you totally flip-flop a position. You know, you're saying, oh, I'm pro-life, and then over here you're like, no, no, abort them all. Okay, no, you can't play that game. (laughs) But when you're talking about more nuance on issues, like he was here and now he's a little bit more over here, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Open mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old line, when facts change, Dr. Johnson, when facts change, I change my mind. What do you do? Yeah. You know? Right. There's a little worry about that with DeSantis. He may be a little too hard-headed. Well, and and, and that's actually one of the concerns with me about Ukraine, because yeah. I think this is a very different position this war is in now than it was this winter. Yep. I think Ukraine took a very strong shot with their offensive, and it failed. Yep. And it's very likely that that war has turned against them in ways they will not be able to overcome just based on population numbers. Um, Russia has been doing what we did ahead of the Gulf War, which is take extra time to build up before reengaging in a big way. That's going to be coming. I'm not sure they're all adapting well enough to that. So I like having candidates who can adapt. Um, last thought, and I'm happy to take any any questions from any callers, but... Um, last thought from it is that I hope that in the wake of this, a few people, including DeSantis, strongly consider withdrawing from the race, from the race. And and just because it's time to narrow this field some. I think we saw last night there are some candidates who have a real reason to continue in this, whether that's an issue that they're driving or, you know, various points that need to be made. Great. There's some that they're just extras at this point and it's time to move on. No one has ever accused Sam Stone of taking a soft position on anything. No, I know. And you have been very consistent on that. Yes. That's why we keep you around. Let's go to callers. 602-508-0960. Warren is in Mesa. Warren, you're on with Sam Stone. Yes, I, I, I'm uh, 
uh, swami guy, I guess. But my uh, my question is, what he should have asked him is, what is these people's end game with it? I mean, when you were sitting there saying that you're going to give them money in perpetuity, you just invited the drunk sailors to spend all the money they they could. And we, we, we really don't have a good track record with these type of wars. I mean, you can think of Afghanistan, you can think of Syria, you can think of Lebanon. All those people have women who are raped today, kids that are killed, whatever thing that's happening is happening there still today. But we're not crying over that right now. So I want to know what their end game was, how long they're going to spend the money, and how much it's going to cost us. Uh, that's that's well articulated, Warren. Let me take this was a short segment. Let me take the commercial break. Sam and I will be right back. We'll address that and more. There's room for more as well. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. I just love this song. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Caller was uh, Warren from Mesa. Sam. He was talking about Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, perspective on Ukraine. Let me let me throw a slightly contrary point out and I'll let you take it you're my guest today um I think there are ways to handle Ukraine that are not zero or 100 and I think it is a mistake there is some there is somewhere to be between Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy I do believe that those pollers don't have to define the entire field my concern is yes Ukraine of course but my concern is Putin and my concern is Taiwan. I don't believe Putin would be in Ukraine if it weren't for how we left Afghanistan. He would not. I believe that we cannot leave the rest of the world alone because it will ultimately leave not America first, but America alone. We got into Ukraine in, uh, well, Putin got into Ukraine in the early part of last year. The notion that we have to choose between protecting our border and protecting the innocents in Ukraine seems to me a false dichotomy. We were never going to, under this administration, protect the border, to wit we weren't. Anyway, I, I just want that in the no, mix, but and, I, I'll, and I'll I, leave it to you. I don't, enti- I don't entirely disagree with you. I do agree with Warren asking the questions he asked. Uh, and, absolutely. And Warren, absolutely. thank you, because those are the questions every candidate should, should have to answer, um, quite frankly, in detail, have to answer is where do they see this. Um, this is another war where we don't have a plan. We don't have an we didn't have an entrance strategy, we don't have an exit strategy, we don't have an outcome. The idea that we're going to just take all the territory of Ukraine and including territory that's been in Russian hands since 2015 back is highly unlikely. It seems that a negotiated solution to this would probably be if you listen to Russia experts um and I'm not talking about US experts, I'm talking about actual Russians who <laughs> who have talked about this, who aren't aligned with Putin, who have, who have gone to the West. Um, what you hear is, listen, you could probably get an agreement that keeps a portion of Ukraine independent, but with a strong guarantee that NATO is never present there, that that has always been a red line for the Russians and for the Russian people. And I, I do agree with that. I think there's some negotiated solution along that line. Um, and I think Trump has the right instinct to say, I'm going to go I'm going to go play hardball negotiator and just say, you two are coming to the table or this is going to get real bad for everybody. I think that's probably the right approach at this point. I think you could have let us not forget what Trump said at the end of that sentence to Maria Bartiromo when she said, and if Putin doesn't comply, remember what Trump said? Right. Then we're going to give everything to Ukraine. Right. Yeah. 
No, that's – I mean, so they always cut and paste right. what he says right. and try right. to frame it right. in the worst right. way possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. but what he said there, if you actually listened like you, you did to the whole interview, is listen, I'm going to tell them you have 24 hours to come to a negotiation. Right. We're going to get this thing over with. And there's realistically no reason it has to take any longer. You're talking about a conversation between three people. you know. Um, so it doesn't really have to take longer. And then he's right. You tell Vlad Putin, listen, we'll come to an agreement. We'll get we'll get out of Ukraine. We'll stay out of Ukraine. NATO won't go there, blah, blah, blah. And this thing's over or we're coming at you hard. Right. And that's the right approach. All right. We've got uh, a slight disagreement with my guest. Michael in Rio Verde, you are on with Sam Stone. Hey, guys. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking a call that put you on the defensive a little bit. Oh, so thank you. That's why we're here. Um, first off, you... I bet you better hope you're wrong about Ron DeSantis, because quite frankly, if Donald Trump is our nominee, we are going to lose in 2024. His negatives are worse than Hillary's were back in 2016. He cannot attract suburban women and independents in this in the states and counties that we need to win. OK, that's that's a fact. I'm sorry, folks. The other thing is Ron DeSantis. Again, I support Ron DeSantis, so I'll, I'll show you my my bias here yeah he probably could have done better on the debate last night and, and you're probably correct in your analysis but you better hope you're wrong because ron DeSantis is the only candidate up there who can actually win a general election you sure about and this that isn't too? about primaries this is about winning a general election okay. period okay okay thank you for hearing me out you guys no no, no really it's all right oh yeah you're fine you're fine you're it's fine. not That's... it's not a you're not alone in that opinion right i and and i'm not defensive about it at all i i kind of just try to call balls and strikes when i'm looking at these things from the outside if you want if you want bias from me find a candidate i'm working for and i'm all in bias <laughs> um, but outside well, of that i'm not working for ron DeSantis. Uh, right I, we're not working for no no it, it, my, my point is i'm not working for any of these folks so i yeah, i you know i'm okay. just going to call it like i see yeah. it um, and Michael, I don't, you know, look, I, I think Trump has, there's a reason Democrats do want to run against Trump is because they see him as the most beatable candidate in the field. I disagree with the contention that DeSantis is the only one from the stage last night okay. who can win. Um, I think there's a, a number of them up there who can win. In fact, I, I'm, I'd, I'd suggest that there might not be any of them who can't win. And Trump, might be able to pull it off too simply because Biden is in such bad shape himself. I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw, Seth, because they actually ran some Biden ads during the debate. I did see that. Um, And that tells you everything you're going to see of this campaign. They're not planning to campaign. They're going to basement him. There's not going to be a debate. They're not going to let him go out in public. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work again. Say that again. What, Mike? What? Sam. They, they won before with this playbook. You keep Trump front and center, and no one talks about the Biden record. No one talks about anything. They talk about Donald Trump 24-7, and we lose every time. We lost in Arizona because Terry Lake became a Trump mini-me. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, let me weigh in on this for just a second. There's no question Trump's negatives are high. There's no question. But he's within the margin of error in national polling against Joe Biden. Now, I know you do have to go state by state. And there's a lot of reasons 2020 could have turned out the way 2020 turned out. 
people, some of it will chalk, some of them will chalk it up to shenanigans. Some of them will chalk it up to his own demeanor. Some of them will chalk it up to what happened with COVID. I, I want to throw something else entirely out there, sure. which I think is is huge right now and played 2022 in a, in a huge way. Sure. And it's this abortion debate. If right. you've seen one of DeSantis's best lines, yeah. if you if there is a memorable line, it was hitting Democrats on abortion up to birth. Mm-hmm. And the reaction today by Democrats across this country to that becoming a, a an issue in this debate is they had to lie about absolute it. lying out. They had to panic. lie about it. They had to lie about it. I'll give you the last word, Michael. But I do want to say it's it's not. I'll give you the last word. I just want to say it's not a fact that Trump will lose. It's not a fact. It's an opinion. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's 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 the case Ron DeSantis has to make in order to win. But oh, hey, you guys, thanks. We got time. We got a long time to go, so thank you guys for your uh, your page. You bet, and I hope you'll you'll spend some of that time with us and call us again. And that's an important point to make too. We have a long way to go here, and you know the only people paying attention to politics is you like to say, Sam, the abnormal people. Yeah, people the, like Mike, me, you, callers, listeners. Yeah, look, you know, it, people will tune in. There's going to be a condition of this country that no matter who the Republican right. is, is going to get a really good look. Yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, we know the media is totally biased. We know that they're going to do everything they can to to prop up Joe Joe Biden in the Justice Department and all these other institutions are going to do this. But I think they badly overplayed their hand. This Justice Department, this these lawsuits actually, I think, are Trump's best weapon. Might be. He goes up every time he becomes a justice involved person. Right. In the parlance of our time. I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's been a delight to have Sam Stone with us uh, for the hour. He is a political consultant in his own right and a radio host in his own right. Heard here every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m.'s Breaking Battlegrounds. We have time for a quick one with Bob and Payson. Bob, you're on with Sam to close out the hour. Hey, Bob. So I'll make it quick. Hey, guys. To my friend up there in uh, where he said he was up on Rio Verde, I am an independent voter. I am 100% in favor of Donald Trump serving another term for this country. He's excellent. He can take care of a lot of the problems that have been created in the last two and a half, I guess three years now almost. And we need this man back. And I do not think he's going to lose this next election. Quick quick question for you, Bob, and then I'll let Sam take us out. Quick question. What, What makes you an independent? Why do you not register with the Republican Party? I don't like half the folks in the Republican Party <laughs> that are running in this outfit, yeah. including the including the lady, what's her name, Anna McDaniel. Oh, okay. I get it. I, yeah, I get it. Uh, a lot of independents do support Trump because they don't like what the other Republicans stand there, for. There is a subset of Trump supporters who are, are big-time Trump supporters who are very anti-Republican. Yeah. And, and even among Republican voters, yeah. there's a subset of, of yeah. Trump supporters who are anti-Republican. I do not blame them for that one bit. And the reason is very simple. The reason Donald Trump exists, p- political Donald Trump, obviously he's been around forever, but but his political persona exists. The reason he became president, the reason he may become president again is because of 20, 30, 40, whatever it has been, years of ca- failed campaign promises. Republicans who told us one thing and didn't do it. And you can go back over them over and over and over. Reagan was probably the last Republican who campaigned and delivered his campaign promises. And too much of the Republican establishment got too comfortable for too many years governing outside of the interests of their voters. 
and campaigning on things that then they're they're completely throwing over when they get in office. And that has consequences, and that consequence is Donald Trump. Some interesting parallels between Reagan and Trump that are uncomfortable to talk about. No one likes Reagan more than I. No one respects him more than me, more than I do. But there are some interesting similarities. There are some things he didn't fulfill, Mm -hmm. cutting the government. Um, There are some justices, unlike Trump, there were some justices that were regrettable. And in both cases, they didn't create a movement of itself that could sustain sustain what they stood for. Reagan left us with George H.W. Bush. Right. Could have left us with Jack Kemp or someone like that. I I think Trump's – there were two things, and and I'm going to make the Trump folks mad with the last 40 seconds I have here left. But um, there were two things that I really was bothered by Trump's performance in office. One was his handling of COVID. Awful. Which as we've talked here on – I really believe that Fauci and others exploited somebody they knew was a germaphobe. And did it deliberately, and and he fell for it, unfortunately. Um, The other one is that he did not pick great people around him. Right. Right. Sam Stone, thank you. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.